What a pleasure to catch up with our next guest. He is, of course, formerly of ESPN now with The Athletic. You can see him Fridays on the MLB Network. And check out this new series. It is fantastic. It's called Baseball Stories. You can see it on Stadium TV. You can get more information on that at WatchStadium.com. And a man who's passionate about a Syracuse basketball as well, Jason Stark, (laughs) is back on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Jason, how you doing, man? Brent, I'm good. You want to just skip all the baseball talk and go right to hoop talk? We do that all the time. <laughs> so I want to do okay. baseball. You want to do hoops. We'll do halvesies. How about no, it's that? It's fine. It's we'll... fine. Tyus Battle coming back. Hughes, top 25 preseason team. Clearly a Final Four squad, right? I mean, let's, let's uh, just get it out of there. Yeah, something like that. But we can start the season tomorrow. I'm ready. We're all ready, man, especially with yeah, Tyus right. coming back and this loaded team. It's, it, it's very intriguing. It was interesting how the fate of that team kind of hinged on his return after Darius Baisley decided to take off. And you and I were actually DMing at one point about a Robert Braswell and what kind of uh, prospect he could be for this team. People are excited about him. So, you know, Jim Beheim just reload and, and get ready to rock, I guess. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, that works for me if it works for him. It sure does. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I've heard great things about Jalen Carey. I've heard great things about Elijah Hughes. Supposedly this Bayheim kid can really shoot. You can. Name sounds familiar. Very Looking forward familiar. to it. Jason, uh, there is so much happening in baseball that we want to ask you about. Of course, we're right here in the heart of, of Yankee and Met territory. I want to start with the Yankees. I mean, things are going pretty well for them, but there's a, a clear thing that they need, and that is another pitcher. Sonny Gray just does not appear to be the guy. So the Yankees are going to be in the market for a pitcher. What are you hearing about where they could look, maybe some names they could go after, and, and the possibility of them grabbing somebody before the deadline? Well, there's no doubt that they feel like they need at least one arm, maybe two arms. Um, would love to find a game two starter in there. I, I sense a little nervousness that that guy they're looking for might not really be out there. Um, I mean, you, you've heard the kind of the standard names, the Cole Hamels, Jay Happ type names. I, I feel like they would prefer a non-rental. Um, you know, you can you can trade for Hamels and pick up his option, but it's pricey for a team trying to stay under the tax threshold. You know, I, I think we should look for Brian Cashman to be creative. You know, I, w- I would think he'd be way more interested in a Michael Fulmer kind of guy. I mean, he's got a, this incredible depth of prospects that he can trade from, and they would much rather do that than take on money. It's very un-Yankee-like. The Mets have a lot of pitchers that could move. Sandy Alderson was very honest about, you know, you know maybe some things that he fought, found fault in himself and the way this team was built. They're not really packing it in yet, but it seems like, you know, the Mets are going to be in sell mode here. And I, I just look at Jacob DeGrom and I'm like, I, I'm just going to ask you, don't, don't you feel bad for this guy? I mean, what more can he do for how this can Mets you team? Not? Yeah. Um, I, I like. This is getting into historic territory. It's actually in historic territory. I, you know, I looked, I looked into it last week before the start against the Yankees, and nobody had ever had a stretch like that where they allowed one run or none in that many starts and didn't win any of them. I couldn't find anybody in the last hundred years who had done that. Incredible. And you know, I know he, he he gave up a couple runs in that game, but we had another one today. Seven innings, one run. It's all he does, and they never score from him. Um, I, I don't think he can sue for non-support, <laughs> but if he could, if anybody had a case, he would be the man. He really would. It's incredible. Their, their whole rotation. 
Nation really has a case, though. Uh, you know, the last 23 games, they've got the best starting pitching ERA in the majors, and they're 6-17. and 17. That's incredible. That's really incredible. Did you happen to see that video, by the way, that's out there of, of Terry Collins and Noah Syndergaard and, and uh, an argument on the field, and there was like, you know, we really could hear what they were saying, and I guess... You know, they said what you would expect a uh, upset manager to say to an umpire, but to hear the honest back and forth uh, was incredible between those two. I don't know if you saw that video. But no, I, I missed that. Yeah, I'll have to send that to you because, you yeah, know, again, there's a lot of adult uh, words in there that you knew would be in there, but to hear how the umpire explained things to Terry Collins, and it was a play where Noah Syndergaard threw behind somebody and he got thrown out of the game. And, you know, just to hear the honest conversations on the field, it was, it was very interesting. I'm shocked to hear people talk like that. In exactly. I know. I'm shocked to find gambling is going on in here, sir. Uh, sticking <laughs> with the Mets for a minute here, Jason. So, yeah, we brought up the pitching situation. Everybody's going to be watching that. But, I mean, they're just kind of reaching the point of no return here. But, you know, let's be fair and, and look at the other side. What, if anything, could turn this team around and at least make that second half of the season, you know, competitive and interesting for the Mets, if at all? Well, health of the pitching staff and you, know, you get Syndergaard back, you, you, you somehow find a way for DeGrom to keep going at this rate and hope they eventually score a few runs every day. But, I mean, realistically, they're not better than the Nationals. They're not better than the Braves. It's debatable if they're better than the Phillies. And their long-term arrow is not pointing up. I just talked to a scout who went through their system, and he said, you know, in terms of position players, he saw like two guys that he thought could make an impact in the big leagues. And so I don't think the question is whether they'll sell. The question is how much they'll sell. I'm sure they'll do some selling. Um, you know, a Todd Frazier kind of guy, maybe as Drupal Cabrera might bring you something. But I, I don't know if... The Wilpons are ready to authorize them to put DeGrom and Syndergaard out there. I mean, that's how you rebuild. But if you do that and you're going to open the gates 81 times next year, it would be to watch what exactly or who exactly. That's their problem. Jason Starks, our guest. You can find his work at The Athletic and Fridays on MLB Network. Check out the great series baseball stories as well on Stadium TV. Jason, what are you hearing about the Shohei Otani and, and his situation? It seems it's not good. It seems like we're not going to see him for a while. But, you know, maybe it's not definitive yet on Tommy John or not. They're going to ride that out as long as they can. But what do you know at this point about his immediate future and, and maybe his long-term future as well? Yeah, well, well, Brent, once again, I forgot to go to medical school this week. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing the best I can with this. Now, grade two sprain of that ligament. Three years ago, he maybe five years ago for sure, he'd have already have had Tommy John surgery. We don't live in that world anymore. Uh, you know, as successful as people think it is, it's not unusual now if you have a partial tear of that degree for teams to try to go the Tanaka route, uh, or even, you know, Aaron Noah had something very similar in Philadelphia, where, you, you know, you go to the PRP injection, you try to rehab it and build strength, and then you hold your breath. And the Angels don't feel like they have much to lose in trying that for at least a few weeks. And, you know, in, in a month or so, they should have a better read on where this is heading. Uh, you know, 
if you've read me at all, if you've seen me on MLB Network, <laughs> you know I'm pretty much obsessed with Shohei Otani. We, you know, we've just never seen anything like this. I, we, we, two weeks ago, I, you know, I try to put up his numbers and look at, you know, what hitters he's comparable to and what pitchers he's comparable to. And basically, as a hitter, he's pretty much Bryce Harper. And as a pitcher, he's some kind of cross between Luis Severino, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg. Pretty, pretty, and, pretty good. Yeah. that's. A, I just try to think about what that means. This is a real person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. He's and, not a cyborg. This is a real human. Yeah. Yeah, right. The game, And so the game is so much fun, so much more interesting if he's in it. The All-Star game would have been awesome if he could have been, say, say he pitched he hit in the home run derby on monday night and then pitched tuesday night oh my god just think about that show and so at this point we're not getting any of that you just got to hope he's okay because this is an awesome thing for the sport jason one thing you wrote on the athletic today is about major league baseball expansion and in that it could lead to so much more realignment a new playoff format maybe a universal DH. So it's interesting because usually when we have these conversations, it's focused on, well, if Sir, if Major League Baseball expands, where are they going to go? Which cities are they going to go? But there's a whole lot more to it, it seems. Right. Now, look, the, the whole part about where they wind up expanding whenever they get around to expanding, that's a fascinating conversation unto itself. To me, all the ripple effects, that's way more fascinating because you could see baseball be almost recognizable if they did all the stuff that they thought about doing. And they've at least talked about blowing up the National League and the American League as we've known them all our lives and to, to, to go to a deal where they would be realigning almost solely on geography, and so the you know the structure of the leagues would be more like the NBA, where you'd have a West and an East, as opposed to a National League and American League. I don't know if they'll get to that, but it makes the schedule much more sane. Uh, but are the you know are the benefits of that worth all the aggravation? I've been fielding grumbles from people on Twitter all day. They're wearing me out, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it gives you a little sense of what baseball's dealing with, and then. You know, there's no doubt they would expand the postseason. Uh, I mean, they've talked about expanding it to as many as 16 teams. I think that's unlikely. But I would guess it would be, you'd see six in each league when this happens. You'll have four divisions in each league. You'll have two wild cards in each league. It'll be almost exactly like the NFL. And, you know, they have to shorten the season to do that. There's just so much that accompanies expansion that it was really fun to delve into it. Um, if people are subscribers to The Athletic, I hope you check this out because it has provoked a ton of conversation today. And you, and you should be a subscriber to The Athletic. It's like a couple cups of coffee a, a month, and, and you're getting some of the best sports content out there from Jason and just an all-star team of writers that have that have gone not only to The Athletic, kind of the main site, but a lot of the, the individual cities that are doing it, The Athletic. So, uh, uh, you know, I did not intend to, to plug it, Jason, but I'm proud to because it's great <laughs> I, stuff. I appreciate you, it, man. Like, I, do, I yeah. know that subscri subscribing, paying for stuff is not everybody's thing, but it, as you just said, it's less than a tank of gas. 
for a whole year. And it's, I, I keep telling people, it's the Netflix of sports writing. There's never been a sports writing destination as good as this. I'm saying that as a reader, not an employee. Uh, the amount of great stuff in all sports is incredible every single day. And if, if it's, you know, if there's never been a writing site quite like it, it means there's never been a sports reading site quite like it. So check it out. No question about it. Jason, uh, really appreciate your time. We know how busy you are, and it's great to hear your voice here in Syracuse once again. Now, we're in the throes of baseball. We'd love to catch up with you again, but just know there's always an open line for you to call in during Syracuse basketball season, too. <laughs> hey, Brent, careful what you wish for, man. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll see you in the Dome. I'll take it, and we'll see you at the Dome, my friend. Thank you so much. Awesome.